0: Tonight, if you would, Book of Leviticus, Leviticus chapter nine, or 19. Leviticus 19. The Lord has uh, put a, a, caused me to pay attention to a word and spend some time on thinking on a word that I found in Scripture that I honestly have never heard a message preached on this, on this subject. I have never personally preached a message specifically uh, on this subject. And, uh, and yet, I think it, because of just everything that is eroding uh, in, in our society, it is having a tendency to slop over into Christianity, and I'm seeing some of it, uh, in, in Christianity as well. Uh, I'm not preaching this message because of anybody or anything that's going on at Freedom Baptist Church. It's not that at all. Uh, it's just something that the Lord had, has continually put into my mind here for the last couple of weeks. And so I decided to do a word study. What we're really going to do tonight is kind of a little different kind of a message. We're going to do a word study together and just uh, just look at... Uh, all the ways that this particular word is used. So uh, Leviticus 19, let's all stand together. And we're just going to read one verse, pray, and get right into it tonight. Uh, verse 13, let's, let's read verse 13 in Leviticus 19 out loud together in unison. Leviticus 19, 13. Thou shalt not defraud thy neighbor, neither rob him, the wages of him that is hired shall not abide with all. Well, yeah, you just keep going. If I stumble and fall, all right. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, thank you for the opportunity to be here tonight. Thank you, Lord, for the freedom that we have in America to be able to assemble freely. Uh, Lord, there's no yet anyway, no constraints on what is said. and what is done in the activities of our church. And we thank you for that freedom. Help us to be faithful to use it and uh, to use it to your honor and glory. We pray your blessings upon this time together in your word. And Lord, I need your help. I need, I need clearness of mind. Uh, Father, I need uh, uh, to uh, be able to have the power of God upon your word as it goes forth. And we ask God that you just give us understanding Uh, tonight. And uh, Lord, if uh, there might be a possibility that we see ourselves in the book and we see ourselves in some verses and we see that that we have have uh, inadvertently maybe uh, done something that the the scripture specifically forbids. We pray, Father, that you would you would work on our hearts and help us, God, to have a, a willing and a submissive heart to you. Uh, may you get the honor and may you get the glory throughout this whole service as we continue, for it's in Jesus' name that we pray. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. The, uh, the, the, in, in verse 13, there's a word that's used that you just don't hear used very much. And in the beginning of the verse, it says, Thou shalt not defraud thy neighbor. And it's the the sin of defrauding. Now, what does it mean to defraud? Well, let me give you several definitions because it applies in different areas. To defraud means to deprive someone of something that is rightfully theirs. It means to withhold something from someone that uh, they should have or that you should give them. Uh, It means to prevent someone from obtaining something that is rightfully theirs. Or it means to defeat or frustrate wrongfully. And, and the word is only used nine times throughout Scripture. Uh, the very first time that it's used is in the verse that we just read, chapter nine, 19 and verse 13. And it says, Thou shalt not defraud thy neighbor, neither rob him. The wages of him that is hired shall not abide with thee all night until the morning. And that that just simply implies that if there's something that rightfully belongs to someone else, don't withhold it from them. And in particular, it's talking about wages. It's saying if you've asked someone to do something for you, if you have uh, asked someone to perform a service for you, uh, then you need to make sure that uh, uh, that you not withhold that money or that payment for them. And if you do withhold it, then you are defrauding. One of the areas this would, this would fall into is getting bills and just not paying our bills. Uh, because someone else has done a service for us, that money that we have is rightfully theirs, so we should not withhold it, we should make sure that they get it. Now go with me to First Samuel chapter 12. First Samuel chapter 12. And in First Samuel chapter 12, look down in verses 3 and 4. Samuel is speaking to the, to the nation of Israel, and he says this. He says, Behold, here I am. Behold, here I am. Witness against me before the Lord and before his anointed. Whose ox have I taken? Or whose ass have I taken? Or whom have I defrauded? Whom have I oppressed, or of whose hand have I received any bribe to blind mine eyes therewith, and will restore it you? And they said, Thou hast not defrauded us, nor oppressed us, neither hast thou taken aught of any man's hand. Now, in this particular case, he's talking about cheating people, of being dishonest with people taking things that do not belong to him or keeping something uh, that does not belong to him. Uh, What Samuel is saying is he's saying, listen, I have been clean as far as I know in your sight. And he's really he's posing that question to them. And of course, they answer the question. They say, no, you're right. You haven't done any of those things. That's the kind of testimony that every single one of us ought to have is that we've never been dishonest we've never cheated anyone we've never we've never uh, withheld something or held someone back from obtaining something that they rightfully uh, deserve to have we need to be honest and we need to be forthright in our testimony and 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 he brings this up uh, to the people and the reason why he brings it up is because honesty and, and just being above board is something that, that not only is a, a requirement straight across the board for all of us and for our, our, our testimony, but it's particularly true of, of preachers and of pastors. Um, Samuel is a man of God, and one of the things that breaks my heart is when I hear stories of, of preachers that have withheld money from missionaries, withheld money from people that have worked for them, that uh, churches that have have uh, not paid their bills and not paid their debts and so forth, uh, that ought not to be. And that you know, that's the kind of thing that you expect to hear from the world. But in order to have, in order to have a testimony, and to, in order to be uh, right. Uh, in, the, in the sight of others, we need to make sure that we have not defrauded anyone. Go to, uh, go to the book of Mark. Now, we're done with the Old Testament. That's it. There's just three of them in the Old Testament. Uh, Leviticus 19 and 1 Samuel 12, 3 and 4. Go to Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10. And this one I find quite interesting. Mark chapter 10. And uh, look with me. Well, let's, let's begin in verse 17. It says, And when he was gone forth into the way, there came one running and kneeled to him and asked him, Good master, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? And Jesus said unto him, "Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one that is God." Then notice verse 19. He says, "He says, "Thou knowest the commandments, Do not commit adultery, do not kill, uh, do not steal, do not uh, bear false witness. defraud not, honor thy father and mother." Now what he just listed, were the six the six commandments that deal after the first four that deal with God of the 10 commandments he's referring to the the six that deal with man's relationship to to other people and uh, notice what's not there you know uh, if you if you compare this with Exodus chapter 20 it, it's not word for word the same look look at, uh, at at verse 19 again do not commit adultery do not kill do not steal do not bear false witness defraud not now in the Old Testament it didn't say defraud not it said covet not in, in other words it weren't supposed to uh, covet or desire things that someone else had but if you if you take a look at that what 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 the Lord is doing is defining what is in defrauding. Defrauding involves covetousness, and covetousness is a a form of defrauding because we're desiring and oftentimes will, because of those desires that are in our hearts, will act upon them and withhold something or take something from someone that does not belong to us. I love it when, when you see things like this in Scripture, and this is a, an, a perfect example of it, how that God uh, changes some words just so he can give you a clear definition and a clear understanding of what he's speaking of. Now go to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 6. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. 1 Corinthians 6, look down in verses 7 and 8. 1 Corinthians 6, verses 7 and 8. Well, let's see, let's, let's go up a little bit. Um, go up to verse 3. It says, Know ye not that, that uh, we shall judge angels, how much more things that pertain to this life? If then ye have judgments of things pertaining to this life, Set them to judge who are least esteemed in the church. I speak to your shame. Is it so that there is not a wise man among you? No, not not one that shall be able to judge between his brethren. But brother goeth to law with brother, and that before the unbelievers. Now therefore there is utterly a fault among you, because ye go to law one with another. Why do ye not rather take wrong. Why do you not rather suffer yourselves, that means to allow, allow yourselves, suffer yourselves, to be defrauded? Nay, ye do wrong and defraud and that your brethren. Now this is what was happening in the church of Corinth, and of course Corinth was a mess. There was carnality running rampant. And uh, People were, were taking uh, each other to court because they felt like they had been defrauded, like someone had, had withheld or, or violated something in their, their personal uh, belongings or uh, in their personal life. And so they, they took them to court. They took them to court be, before unbelievers. And this is a horrible testimony because uh, the, the, the folks in Corinth, the, the unsaved people, were watching this thing. And, you know, uh, whenever this kind of thing goes on, it's not free of emotion, <laughs> just the opposite. Uh, there's all kinds of uh, possibilities for bitterness, for hatred, for strife, and there already was some known strife within the church at Corinth, and this just 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 uh, heaped insult upon injury and, uh, and continued that, that downward spiral. And what, what he's telling the, the folks at Corinth is, look, it, you may have been defrauded by a brother. They may have taken something that they shouldn't have taken. They may have withheld something that they should not have withheld from you. They might have done something that was, was illegal. And what he basically told them to do was take it. Are you willing to take it? And the, the, again, the, the reason why he's saying that, he's saying, listen, your testimony as a church and your testimony as individual Christians is worth more than whatever you think you got cheated from. And, and really what this does is this shows the, the, how God values a testimony. He would rather see us take the defrauding than to, than to uh, take it before unbelievers and ruin a testimony that we have built up in the community. Uh, go with me to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 7. And in 1 Corinthians 7, look at verses 1 through 5. It says, Now concerning the things whereof you wrote unto me, it is good for a man not to touch a woman. Nevertheless, to avoid fornication, let every man have his own wife, and let every woman have her own husband. Let the husband render unto the wife due benevolence, and likewise also the wife unto the husband. The wife hath not power of her own body, but the husband. And likewise also the husband hath not power of his own body, but the wife. Defraud ye not one the other, except it be with consent for a time, that ye may give yourselves to fasting and prayer and come together again, that Satan tempt you not for your incontinency. Now, what this is talking about is is talking about a husband and a wife withholding each other from each other. Uh, In in other words, uh, uh, I don't belong to me, I belong to my wife. My wife doesn't belong to herself, she belongs to me. And, and uh, is, is talking specifically in this in this passage about physical intimacy, and it says, "Listen, there's something that that uh, you need to not withhold from one another." And it goes, you can even take that concept, and we will here in just a minute. But you can take that concept even further. Uh, when when a husband and wife are are married, they're not they're not individuals anymore. You know, one of the, 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 the problems that um, a, lot of, a lot of young married couples have, and I see this particularly with guys. I don't see this with, with women as much as I see it with men. Uh, but, and that's, and that's a, a guy that gets married and still wants to continue living like a single guy. You can't. You, 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 it's, it's not right to do that. Why? Because now you belong to somebody. You belong to somebody, and she has a right to you, and she belongs to somebody, and she has a, uh, he has a right to her, and, and uh, when that, that thing is violated, and when we start getting independent, and we start, we start making our own decisions without considering the other in a marriage, then what that is, is that starts to become defrauding. And uh, God says we ought not to defraud one another, and in, within the context, that's why it, it tells us in the in the first verse. Now concerning the things whereof you wrote unto me, it is good for a man not to touch a woman. That's why I encourage young people when they're looking for a mate, don't have a physical relationship until after you're married. Why? Well, because then you belong to each other. Then you belong to each other. Then, then you know, quite frankly, help yourself. Go <laughs> go after it, okay? Uh, you're, in fact, you're supposed to. You're supposed to. That's a godly thing to do. Uh, but before that, you should not. Uh, because it says it's good for a man not to touch a woman. Now, don't take that to extreme, All right, I won't shake any women's hands. That's not what it's talking about, okay? It's it, Obviously, within the context, it's talking about something uh, much, much more. Uh, deeper than that. Go to 2 Corinthians 7. 2 Corinthians 7. So what we're seeing is is this subject of defrauding hits more than just money issues. That's where we started. We started with, uh, in Leviticus, not withholding wages, but it's just simply withholding something from someone or taking something from someone that does not belong to them. Uh, not belong to you. Uh second Corinthians chapter seven and look down at verse verse two. It says, How that in a great trial, uh, wrong chapter. Here we go. Uh, seven verse two it says, Receive us, we have wronged no man. We have corrupted no man. We have defrauded no man. Now what this sounds like is this sounds very similar to the testimony that Samuel had before his people, and Paul's talking to the Corinthians, who again, you know, were very carnal and, and were, were having uh, some real issues in their Christian lives. And, uh, and he says, listen, I am clean before you. And again, that's the kind of testimony that every one of us ought to have, that we've defrauded no person in any particular area. And then the last verse, go with me over to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. And in 1 Thessalonians 4, look down with me in verse 6. 1 Thessalonians 4.6, that no man go beyond and defraud his brother in any matter, because that the Lord is the avenger of all such, as we also have forewarned you and testified. Um, in, in this particular case, he's talking, he's talking about, in context, he's talking about immorality, and taking that which does not belong to you. And he says he says that uh, uh, it's, it's important to understand that God will avenge that uh, avenge that activity will avenge that action, and that uh, uh, God will be the judge of the thing. Um, those of those who take that which does not belong to them. Uh, what again look with me if you would in in the the, the first verses before that look in verses one through five uh, chapter chapter uh, four verses one through five says furthermore when we beseech you brethren and exhort you by the lord jesus that as ye have received of us how ye ought to walk and please god and to please god so you would abound more and more "...for ye know what commandments we give you by the Lord Jesus. For this is the will of God, even your sanctification, that ye should abstain from fornication." That's talking about moral sins, uh, sexual sins. Verse 4, "...that every one of you should know how to possess his vessel in sanctification and honor, not in the lust of concupiscence, even as the Gentiles, which know not God." that no man go beyond and defraud his brother in any matter, because that the Lord is the avenger of all, as we also have forewarned you and testified. As, as individuals, we ought to have a squeaky clean testimony when it comes to morality and not take that which does not belong to us. Now, what are some what are some practical ways when we look at all these verses together? What are some practical ways that 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 uh, we have a tendency to defraud one another? Uh, the first one we just we just looked into, and that that is um, through uh, impurity, uh, immoral impurity. Uh, moral impurity is just simply this: it's simply taking that from another that does not belong to you. And uh, the Bible says that that that, uh, act ought to be only within the confines of marriage. And uh, uh, anytime we go beyond that, we are are defrauding others. Another another area that this hits is in the area of paying bills and paying debts. Uh, We ought to be on time with our bills. We ought to be on time with our debts. I realize it, it's possible to, to let a thing slip and it's not you didn't do it on purpose, uh, but we need to be diligent in that area. And for every day that we uh, go past the day that a bill is due, we are, we are keeping for ourselves something that does not belong to us. Now let, me, let me go even a step further on this thing. Uh, I, I have, I, I have uh, talked to people over the years that have said well that therefore when you know uh, god really spoke to my heart about, about about a need that somebody had whether it be a special offering or whatever and so so uh, rather than pay my water bill i went ahead and put it in the offering that you know what that is that is an act of defrauding you say well wait a minute i'm being i'm being generous i'm being a blessing to somebody no you're defrauding someone else if you've, if you've taken a service from someone, like the water company or the electric company or whoever, and uh, you take a service from them and then withhold the payment, then you are defrauding. And uh, in, in, uh, uh, by the way, just the other, other way around, don't use your tithe to pay bills. Uh, I, years ago, I uh, spent some time with a, with a couple wasn't here, it was in Green Bay. And they said, well, you know, as soon as we get all of our bills paid, uh, we'll start tithing. No, you won't, because all that time you're stealing from God. The Bible makes it very, very plain and very, very clear. Throughout, throughout the Word of God, it says that the tithe is the Lord's. It's not yours, it's not mine. So if I withhold it for some other purpose, then, uh, then, then I'm, I'm defrauding God. And by the way, let me just give you a little little help here tonight. You don't want to defraud God, okay? You don't, you don't want to withhold something from him that uh, rightfully belongs to him. And, and if you think about it, you know, uh, we just sang the song tonight, I have decided to follow Jesus, no turning back, no turning back. First Corinthians 6 and uh, the, the end of the chapter, 19 and 20, says you're not your own. For you are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. When we use our, our bodies and we make our own decisions for ourselves, what we are doing is we're defrauding God because we're taking from Him, using for ourselves, something that does, that does not, not any longer belong to us since we've been saved. Uh, another way that we can defraud we can defraud through uh, gossip and evil reports. by By gossiping and giving evil reports, we can take away a person's testimony. we can We can harm the testimony that somebody has with others. Uh, when When I was up in Green Bay, it was within the first uh, year, year and a half, I guess it was, that uh, uh, i was I was working in one ministry. We had a, a major church split, and that's how we ended up starting uh, First Bible Baptist Church of Green Bay. And it, it, the, the thing was just a real mess. There was all kinds of things that were flying around town. Well, I eventually had, had to get a part-time job. My wife worked in a full-time job. I worked a part-time job, plus worked full-time for the church and had no with no pay, and we were getting the church off the ground and I was working at a, at, a car, at a car washing gas station. And uh, after I, I worked there for, uh, I don't know, it was probably five, six months, something like that, um, the till started coming up short. And uh, money was disappearing. And one day, my my boss approached me. His name was Stu. And Stu came to me and said, "Uh, Dave, I I need to ask you a question. He says, "Uh, and I'm concerned about this, obviously, because uh, we're missing money out of the till. He says, but whatever you tell me, I'll believe it. He says, you've never lied to me. Uh, You know, you've always been straightforward with me. So I just want to ask you a question. The question is this. Did you or did you not have a part in absconding with three thousand dollars from and then he named them made a mention of the name of the church Well, it was a church that we left and and uh, went across the river and started uh, First Bible Baptist Church and uh, and I said no no and I didn't even realize that, that 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 rumor had been floating around but the Christians okay started a rumor that, uh, that myself and uh, Jim Modlish and uh, Bob Hart and Harley Keck, all four of us, uh, took $3,000 of the church's money. We didn't take a dime. We didn't take a dime. But, but what, what, that, what that did was that that, that caused, I mean, it, it didn't just stay within Christian circles, and you know it never does. And it ends up getting out into the world, and then the overall testimony of believers is harmed through it. And uh, thankfully, I, when, when I told him, when I told him, said, no, absolutely not. He believed me. And, uh, and, and that, that was good. And, and by the way, I wasn't the guy taken from the till either, okay? Just, so I thought I'd let you know. Uh, but uh, but uh, uh, that kind of thing... Uh, can really defraud other Christians by, by spreading evil reports. And they, it, whether, they're, whether they're true or whether they're false, if they're false, obviously, that's lying, and that's wrong too. But even if they're true, it's not necessary for us to spread all the negative information that we know about one another because in so doing, we can defraud others from their testimony. And then uh, another way we can defraud. It's by withholding respect and uh, withholding honor. Uh, Truth of the matter is, the Bible says, honor all men. Uh, That means men and women in general. Uh, Mankind, individuals. Honor them. Give them the honor. It says, give honor to whom honor is due. When we withhold honor and we withhold respect and we're disrespectful, then we're defrauding folks. That's why I teach that it is so important to not put up with any kind of disrespect from your children to either yourselves as parents or to other adults, ever. Don't put up with that. Because what you're doing is you're teaching those kids that it's all right to defraud someone. Because what defrauding is, is withholding something from someone, one of the definitions. And we're not supposed to withhold uh, honor, and we're not supposed to withhold respect. Another way that we can defraud is by uh, not giving 100% on the job. When we we at work fluff off, uh, when we don't do the responsibilities that are expected of us, uh, we're withholding from our employers uh, that which they deserve and which which they ought to be getting. Um, an, another area where we withhold and we kind of touched on this just a moment ago, but go over to Ephesians chapter 5 Ephesians chapter 5 <coughs> in Ephesians chapter 5, start with me in verse 21. We'll go down through verse 28, and then we'll drop down to verse 33. Ephesians 5, 21 says, "...submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church." And he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. So what that simply means is that that uh, the husbands ought to have uh, a submissive wife, submission coming from the wife. Uh, that's something they deserve. And if, the, if if, as a wife, you don't give it, then you're defrauding your husband. But then it goes in verse 25, Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with a washing of water by the word, that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. So ought men to love their wives As their own bodies, he that loveth his wife loveth himself. And he makes it real clear that a wife deserves and and is owed love by the husband. A husband needs to give love to the wife. And if we withhold that love, or if we misplace that love, then we're defrauding the wife. Now look down in verse 33, this kind of sums it all up. Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife even as himself. And the wife see that she reverence her husband. It it makes it real clear there that a a husband who withholds love from a wife is wrong. And if you withhold love from that wife, then you are defrauding your wife. And if, if a wife withholds reverence, that means respect. Uh, honor. If you, you you withhold reverence from your husband, then you are you are defrauding your husband because you're withholding from him that which God says that uh, that he is owed. Um, another, of course, we looked at this one right at the very beginning in Leviticus 19, uh, withholding wages. If and, I, and I've I've heard of situations where. Uh, Christian employers uh, withhold wages from Christian employees. I've seen churches who have made commitments to uh, either pastor or other staff and they have withheld and and, and sometimes never uh, pay the back wages and they of course they always have their reasons for it but regardless of what your reason for it is, it's still, Defrauding, it's wrong. And then the the last way that we can that we're going to look at tonight anyway, Romans chapter thirteen. Romans thirteen. In Romans thirteen, I want you to look down with me in verse eight. Romans thirteen and verse eight. Romans 13, 8 says, Owe no man anything but to love one another. For he that loveth another hath fulfilled the law. What that tells me is is that I owe every one of you love. And every one of you owe me love. And we, we owe love to one another. When we cease to love each other, we're defrauding one another because we're withholding that which, which we owe to each other. Now, the, the question comes up, well, what happens if someone else defrauds us? Well, we saw the answer to that over in 1 Corinthians chapter 6. If someone defrauds you by withholding something from you or, or by trying to take something from you that they ought not to take, Um, He said, for testimony's sake, be willing to be defrauded. Um, And again, and I've heard of of case after case after case, even in Christianity, where uh, folks say, well, because I know I committed to them to do this, but because they did something that I didn't like, now I'm no longer under obligation. That's not the case. That's, you know what that is? That's defrauding. Because you're holding back something that uh, you promised to do or you promised to give. Um, and where this, where this whole concept comes from is uh, f- from a, from a hard attitude of always having to be right or have your rights. Well, I have a, I have a right to that. Uh, So therefore, I I should make a stink about it. I have a right to that. Therefore, I should take them to court. Uh, What God wants us to do is give up our rights. And he says, rather, you should be defrauded. Why? Again, the testimony of Jesus Christ is worth more than anything you think somebody owes you. More than anything that you think that you ought to uh, rightly deserve from others. Be willing to give up your right. And, and you know what this, what this flows into? <laughs> sometimes you need to be willing to give up your right to be right. You know, sometimes we make a stink just because we're right and we know we're right and we're gonna let everybody know that we're right. Well, sometimes you just need to shut your mouth and step back and let God be the vindicator of what's right and what's good and what's true. And can I tell you something? God, God, God can, can stand for us and fight for us better than we can fight for ourselves. And I believe that with all my heart. Uh, when, when I left the last church that I pastored, uh, I only pastored there for three and a half years. And uh, when I left there, uh, I, for, for three and a half years, I n- noticed that a particular young person, Uh, just really had a problem with me and I I don't know why they did but they did and as I was packing up getting ready to go they knocked on the they knocked on my office door and I said I told him to come on in and he says look he says I got to get some things settled it was a teenager Uh, he uh, he was an older teenager at that time he was a young teenager when I got there and, uh, and he, said, uh, he said, listen, he says, I, I need to ask you some questions. I said, sure, help yourself. And he said, uh, he said uh, uh, did you say such and such about so-and-so? I said, no, I didn't say that. This is what I said. Oh, did you do this to so-and-so? I said, no, I didn't do this. I did that. And he went down through a list of things that supposedly I had done or supposedly I had said. And uh, then he looked at me and said, you know what? He says, I've been lied to. And I said, yeah, I kind of know. <laughs> he says, you, you knew that there were false things going around? And one of, one of the things that was going around at the time, uh, and I, I don't care who it is. I don't care. And I'm not saying this because it was me. Uh, I, 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 I just think this is a despicable way to act. But they were—they there was a campaign going on at the time to—and this is the term they used: "starve out the preacher." Wow. <laughs> that's thats hardly Christian love, okay? And. Uh, uh, that that was a that was the thing, and that was going around. And this young man looked at me and said, "Preacher, why didn't you say something?" He said, "Why didn't you get up in, in the pulpit and and correct those things and, and and defend yourself on those areas?" And I I told him very plainly, and I believe this to this day, this pulpit was in. do of taking care of myself? And that really is true. Uh, we need to be so, so careful that in the process of trying to be right that we find ourselves defrauding others. So I have two questions for you. Number one, have you defrauded someone? Is there any place in your life where someone can point to you and say, uh you withheld something that belonged to me is there anyone that can point to you and say uh you uh prevented me from having something that rightfully belonged to me have we in any way defrauded others number one and and then if that's the case if we have defrauded someone first of all understand. It's not first and foremost a a, a wrong against the individual. It's first and foremost a wrong against God. Get it right with God first. And then, to the best of your ability, get it right with the individual. And then the, the second question I have for you tonight is Have you been defrauded? Well, if you have been, then I ask you, What's your attitude about it? Are you bent out of shape? Are you bitter? Uh, do you have aught against that person because of it, or have you given it to God? Have you given it to God? Don't be defrauded, or excuse me, don't defraud others. And if you are defrauded yourself, make sure that you give your rights to God and let him be your defense. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, This is kind of an unusual message this evening, and uh, uh, Lord, uh, I I thank you that there are verses in Scripture that address subjects that we wouldn't oftentimes even think of, and defrauding is one of them, and Lord, I I pray that you'd work on our hearts and show the spotlight of the Word of God upon our hearts tonight, and as there's any area where we have defrauded others or possibly we've been defrauded and therefore have thought that we could have an attitude about it and treat that person wrongly, Uh, God, I pray that you'd help us to see it and see it for what it is, it's sin. And Lord, may tonight be the night that we get that thing settled and taken care of. Sometimes uh, we do those things without even, without, without, necessarily uh, in, intentionally doing it but uh, God uh, if if we defraud anyone uh, we're wrong and uh, we're living in a society when uh, defrauding just seems to be part of part of human society and it ought not to be spoken one time of us as believers work in our hearts And may you have your will and your way. For it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Let's all stand together.